0: Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 16 through chapter 2, verse 1, and 12 through 22, James, chapter 3, verse 13 through chapter 4, verse 3, and 7 through 8a, the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 9, verse 30 through 37, and Psalm 54. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts always be acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. Amen. In today's Gospel from Mark, the geography has changed, but the content coming from Jesus is very consistent. Last week, Jesus had talked to his disciples about what lie ahead, about how he would be suffered, how he would be suffering, how he would be blamed unfairly, how he would be crucified, and how he would rise again after three days. And when Peter challenged this, we may remember that Jesus immediately rebuked Peter very very publicly, and he said to him, get behind me, Satan. You are setting your mind, not on divine things, but on human things. And then Jesus again talked to his disciples about any who want to be followers of him must deny themselves and take up their cross. So that was last week. And here we are, a different geography, but very much a similar message. A similar message. Jesus is again teaching them, about how the Son of Man will be betrayed by human hands, that he will be killed in three days and then rise again. Different scenery, but very similar scene. Except unlike the first time, Peter's not saying anything. (laughs) Probably no surprise there. I don't know that any of us would have spoken up. And the disciples are silent. Mark tells us that they... Have fear. They're afraid to ask him. Their hesitancy is quite understandable. This time they hear what he is saying and they fear and are silent. When they arrive at their destination in Capernaum, Jesus asks them, What were you arguing about on the way? And again, this question is met with silence. They had been arguing about who among them was the greatest. Who was the greatest? They knew the minute Jesus asked that question that he would have none of that. They were jockeying for position. This was totally opposite of what his teaching was about. And Jesus clearly knew what they had been arguing about because he very intentionally calls the 12 of them and sits them down and continues his teaching. Whoever wants to be first must be last, servant of all. And to make his point even further, he holds a small child. And he says, whoever welcomes one child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me but the one who sent me. We might think of this scene as a warm, fuzzy scene. But Jesus is making his point even more strongly. Because children in that time were the least of value in the pecking order, in that culture. They had no power. And he was pointing to this young child who could do nothing for them, and yet telling them that this is who they needed to serve in order to serve him. So in today's gospel readings, it feels like some pretty straightforward lessons at Downtown Bible Study, people talked about, okay, well, we've got the lesson about what's going to happen next, and we've got the lesson about, about service. You know, so, so, yeah, so where do we go from here? One of the things that really drew my attention this time was the silence. The silence on the disciples' part. Because the disciples were not always drawn to respond in silence. We know that there was not hesitancy at other times to say, what do you mean? What are you saying? Um, Where are you going? You know, we know that the disciples would speak up at other times, but this time they were silent. Were they silent because they needed to understand? Were they silent because they feared what Jesus's response might be? Were they silent, remembering Jesus's reaction to Peter just a short time ago? I think that we might be able to relate to that time of choosing to be silent, silent when we're unclear, when we don't have understanding, when we might be fearful of what the response might be. We might have experienced these times, say, in a scene at work or at a scene in school. We might have experienced them in our families, in our community, times when we just weren't clear about what was going on or we were fear, fearful of finding out. I remember a story from my corporate career. I had a new boss. We'd been in a state of transition. And the new boss had not expressed a lot of confidence in how we were operating. And I don't know about you all, but times of transition can seem sometimes a little bit threatening or uneasy. I will confess I was feeling a bit insecure. And this new boss asked me to have lunch with him privately. He said there was something we needed to talk about. Now, that didn't sound inviting to me (laughs) it didn't sound warm and welcoming to me something we needed to talk about I have had many 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 business lunches hundreds and hundreds I don't remember much about any of them but I will probably never forget this business lunch the pressing issue my new boss wanted to discuss with me turned out to be about Christmas trees, Christmas trees. He and his family had always had a Christmas tree and loved celebrating the season in that way. But he had a new pastor who was saying that Christmas trees were pagan symbols that should be eliminated from their households. He had heard of my studies in religion and studies in spirituality and he was seeking a second opinion and my counsel. That was his whole agenda. I thank God that I had not jumped into that conversation in a defensive mode, that I'd had the presence to be silent. In a thousand years, I could not have anticipated we would be talking about Christmas trees. We've all had those moments when we wait in silence to learn more and when all are better served in that learning. I think about questions young people might ask, very little ones or even older ones, and how we might be eager to respond and how much better served we can be by being silent and asking them to say a bit more about what their question is. That can very quickly get us away from biology and into much more fun topics second question, the second period of silence in our Gospels, seems to be linked to a different reaction. Perhaps the disciples are silent because Jesus's question, what were you arguing about, confronts them with how far off base they were in their conversation. Jesus had been teaching them about service to others, about denying themselves, and here they are jockeying for position. So this silence might be more a factor of shame or guilt or just discomfort about where their minds and their conversation had gone because Jesus surely knew what they were talking about. But again, we can connect with this temptation to silence and this temptation to have the conversation they were having. We readily talk about who is the greatest, We want to know them or name them. Our culture is attuned to that, to power and influence, to excelling. There's nothing inherently wrong with wanting to do our best, to encourage others to excel, to using the gifts that we have. But in Bible study, the conversation immediately hit on the sports world and our longing to name or witness the the prowess of the greatest of all, our sports stars, the greatest of all time, be it baseball, football, basketball, gymnastics, swimming, tennis. John Krug, who may be up there, he shared an interview he had read regarding Novak Jovovich and his dominance in tennis. And Andy Roddick, a previous US Open champion, said of Novak during this year's US Open, First, he takes your legs, then he takes your soul. When someone brought this quote to, to Novak's attention, he responded, only the first part. The second part, I don't take anybody's soul. Everyone has their soul. We're all beautiful souls, so I appreciate everyone. But I'll take your legs out, that's for sure. <laughs> In that quote, we hear the clear distinction between our human endeavors and our deeper identity as belonging to Christ, belonging to God. Jesus does not punish and banish the disciples for having this conversation. Instead, he sits with them and invites them to a different conversation. At a funeral I attended yesterday for a dear friend who had achieved much success and recognition in life, The message that people were giving about him was repeated over and over. His life was a testimony to the message of it's not what you get, it's what you give. It's not the awards, the recognition. It's how you encourage others. It's not about accomplishments. It's about humility and faith and service to others. No one could be more worthy of the awards and recognitions and accolades this man received, but for him, it was never, never about any of that. It was always about service, about lifting up others to help them create better lives for themselves and for the generations to come. Today... We're gifted to participate and bear witness to the baptism of a little one, Charlotte Catherine Carey. Her baptism will be at the 11 o'clock service today. During the baptism, and actually during this service, we will be invited to renew our baptismal covenants. Our baptismal covenant always calls us to service, always calls us to love. We seek to Serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? This covenant does not invite our silence. It invites our response. And our hope for a response is, I will, with God's help. During the 11 o'clock service, Phil will hold this little one in his arms to baptize and anoint her. And afterwards, he will invite us all to welcome the newly baptized, and we joyfully will. Jesus teaches us, whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. There are times for silence, and there are times we are called to speak, to profess and live our faith. So whether it's a time for silence or a time for our voices to be heard, whatever the moment calls for, may we always, always seek to walk in Christ's love. Amen. Amen.